Thanks for joining the podcast with Tamara Gondor. Conversations with everyday innovators that reject status quo, think differently, and make a positive difference in their world. Listen in so you can ignite innovation, influence others, and make an impact too. And now your host, CrossFit addict, knee-high sock lover, and according to her kids, average cook, Tamara Gondor. Hello, hello, everybody. Tamara here. So good to be with you all again. I just have to say, first of all, if you hear some noise in the background of this podcast, I am sitting at the airport in Sacramento, California, heading home as I record this. So there might be some funny noises and conversations and possibly announcements happening in the background. So bear with me a little bit, but I didn't want to miss this Friday's wrap up. And, you know, as you know, in order to do the wrap up, I need to listen to the podcast, re-listen to the interviews because there's so much goodness in there and pull out my nugget. So bear with me here as, as we've got some funny things going on in the background. I'm really excited to bring this week to you. I've, I've had a great week. Not only have we interviewed some incredible everyday innovators, but I just spent an entire day and a half doing a strategic workshop with a group of everyday innovators out here in California. So I just feel fortunate to be surrounded by all you incredible people. And hey, if you're one of those people out there like, hey, Tamara, I'm an everyday innovator, which you are, by the way, and I've got a story to share, you know what to do. Go to our website, fill out the form. We would love to hear from you. The world would love to hear your story. So don't keep it to yourself. Don't be selfish. Share it with us. Let's get to this week. So what I'm going to do on the Friday wrap-up is I'm going to share a story with you, an experience that brings to life, I think, the power of everyday innovators and hopefully gives you a little bit of insights and expertise into innovation as a whole. And then I want to share the aha, the nugget that I got from each of these incredible interviews that are, once again, so distinct and so valuable each to themselves. And I'm doing that, if you're new to these wrap-ups, in an effort to hopefully nudge you into the direction of action, too. I want to share what I learned and what I've done about it in a way to get you to think about, huh, what can I learn from it and what can I do about it as well? And I'll remind you that I have the link to all these interviews in the show notes, so you can go back and listen to any of these. Now, they're from this week, so it's very easy. If you just scroll back, you'll find them, but I want to make it frictionless for you. So all you got to do is look at the description and the link will take you directly to the episode I'm talking about. So if some, something I share, an insight that I talk about in any one of these speaks to you, go back and listen to that podcast if you miss it. You'll get a ton more out of it, maybe even something different out of it, and you'll hear what I'm talking about as well. Let's dig in. Like I said, I want to start by sharing a story. And in fact, I want to share something with you that happened hmm, maybe only a couple hours ago. So bear with me as I haven't kind of thought through how to communicate this in the most clear way, but I think it's a great story to share. So as I mentioned, I'm at the airport, I'm in Sacramento, California, and I'm waiting for my flight and I'm sitting here doing some work and I had a rental car for my trip and I dropped off the rental car as one does. And for me, rental cars are, when I'm returning them, it's if on a good day, it's a mediocre experience, and on a bad day, it's a super frustrating experience, right? Never seems to be much in between. That's my expectation as I kind of drive into that line to return. Today, I was met with an entirely different experience. And it's one that struck me so much that I actually took a picture of the people that helped me 
so that I could post about them and let the rental car agency know like, hey, these two ladies are amazing. And actually their names are Tracy and Jamila because I asked them and I did take a picture. If you go to social media, you'll find it. Here's the thing. So I pulled up again, expecting mediocre or frustrating somewhere on that spectrum. I don't know if that's your experience too, but it's definitely mine. And instead I was not only greeted with friendliness, so great. Now we're out in California. They're still wearing masks. You could see their smile through their masks. So cool. Like you could, you could just feel they were oozing friendliness. So that's what caught my attention to begin with. But then what I noticed was one was training the other and the way she was doing it was so seamless. Like the two of them seemed like just the perfect team. You know, sometimes when you come onto a training experience and you know, oh my God, this is going to take twice as long because one person is telling the other person what to do and that person's going to screw everything up. And then you're the one who has to suffer because, right, they're going through training. Not the experience here. The way they were working together was so seamless and so perfect. They made the entire experience absolutely wonderful. Like I said, so wonderful. I took a picture with them and got their names. I share this experience with you because there's a lot of power in wowing your customers. There's a lot of power in surprising and delighting your customers, whomever they are, whether that's your customers are internal or leadership or, you know, clients inside an organization or clients outside in the world. There is so much power in that surprise and delight. And I'm going to tell you what, this was budget rental car. I never rented from them before, funny enough, but you better be sure I'm going to rent from them again because that experience was so good. And the other thing it reminded me of is that there's a lot of room for innovation and creativity in that wow experience. How you wow your customers, wow, there's room for creativity in that. And to do it in a way that's different, unique, and meaningful that can be one of the most powerful experiences, the most powerful deliverables that you can provide in business. So thank you, Tracy and Jamila, because you made my day. I had a very long, very rewarding, but very long couple of days. And to pull in and get the opposite of what I was expecting, it just made my day. And then I got to make theirs by telling them thank you. It was a win-win for everybody. In your world, where can you deliver a wow? Where can you think differently about how to surprise and delight the people that you serve? Let's get to our wrap-up of the four incredible everyday innovators that we had on this week. Again, I'm so impressed with the diverse set of people that have come forward to share their stories and insights. By the way, I hope you'll thank them too by giving us a five-star review on iTunes or Spotify, wherever you listen. It's like giving them a little bit of a high five. And... More reviews equal more guests and more listens. So it's a win-win for everybody. All right, let's dig in. On Monday, we had Maeve Webster, who's a futuristic inquisitive, who's in the food service industry. On Tuesday, we had Mohan Ananda, who's in the technology field, who's a collaborative tweaker. On Wednesday, we had Emily Breeden, who does labor upskill work in smart homes. She's a risk-taker imaginative. And then on Thursday... We had Gardner Stephenson, who is in the food business, actual organic natural food business, and he's an instinctual futuristic. Again, an incredible, diverse, interesting group of people. So let me share with you my big takeaway from each of them and how I implemented that, how I experimented with that, and how it helped me go further faster as well. I think it'll help you too. 
All right, let's start with Monday and Maeve Webster, who's a food service consultant and owns a cafe as well. She's a futuristic inquisitive. Now, futuristic is all about forest through the trees. Innovation is about taking today's problems and turning them into tomorrow's opportunities, always 10 steps ahead. It's like they're always in tomorrow land. And the inquisitive is all about challenging assumptions, digging deep, innovations in the questions, not the answers. Because of that, those two combined, very magical, she brings forward and deep innovation to the table. Here are the things I found interesting about my conversation with Maeve that really got me thinking about my business. She talked about question everything. And we hear that a lot, don't we? Like, be curious, question everything, don't take anything for granted, question assumptions. I think that's very easy to do when you question what doesn't work, when you look at the gaps and say why, when you're trying to kind of switch gears and maybe disrupt or shake up what you've already done. But what Maeve said that really struck me was not just to question what is a problem, but question everything, even what made you successful. And she shared some kind of ways to think about it and some questions that she asked. But I thought that was really powerful because when we think about the years that we've had and the world that we're in, you know, it is essential that we question everything, especially what made us successful. Because what made you successful yesterday is not what makes you successful tomorrow. And if the ground underneath you shakes, shifts, rumbles a little bit like it did for a lot of us in the last couple of years, you got to be prepared to change and to adapt with it. And if you're not willing to question the things that make you successful, as well as the places where you've had failures, you're probably going to hit a cliff some point in the future, which is, I think, what Maeve's point was, if we don't question everything, the good and the bad, we set ourselves up to hit a cliff. So after that, that really got me thinking. And I went back into my business and I went to my team and I said, hey, what's working really well? And they told me what was working. And then I said back, well, why is that working? And Will that work in the future? And that got us into a whole conversation about how to innovate, how to move forward, where maybe we're setting ourselves up for some challenges, where things are really working, but we still have flexibility. It was a really great conversation. So I want you to think about questioning everything in the true sense, the good and the bad. And I challenge you the next time you're looking at your work, your world, whatever that may be to actually sit down and have that conversation with yourself and with your team on what's actually working and challenge that. It's a harder conversation to have. We don't want to challenge the things that are comfortable, that are working. And I'm not saying you need to go shake it up and disrupt it, like change everything overnight. You know, if it's working, maybe the answer is to strengthen it and do more of it. But I want you to get into the practice of challenging the things that seem like they're going well so that you don't accidentally find yourself on the cliff of success two years down the road, two months down the road. Just get into that habit of having the question in mind. You know, I mentioned I was recently with this group doing some strategic work out here in California. And one of the things that kept coming up, of course, was flexible work and being able to have more work-life balance. And everybody said that that was important to them. But I stopped the group and I said, hold on, before we agree that this goes on our strategic plan, why? Why is this so important? Wow. The conversation that came after that was so rich. We just assumed, because we all agreed or on the same page, that that was the way to go. When we started to dig deep and have the conversation of, hold on, before we put this up on the wall, 
why do we think this is important? That's where the richness came out. That's where the leaders in the group really understood what they needed to do to make this a reality for the people on their team in a way that was meaningful. I don't think I would have stopped and asked that had I not had this conversation with Maeve on Monday about questioning everything. Question everything. You're listening to Conversations with Everyday Innovators on with Tamara Gondor Podcast. Let's take a moment to thank our generous partners that make this possible. I want to take a moment to talk about my friends at Howdy Puppy. Dogs experience all the same problems as humans when it comes to joint pain, anxiety, digestion, and arthritis. A great way to help our four-legged family members with these ailments is with CBD-infused pet treats. Who doesn't like treats? As you longtime listeners know, my Mastiff, Zoe, is part of my family, but is getting older and has some anxiety issues when strangers come around. Howdy Puppy CBD Dog Treats has totally changed her disposition, and I know she feels like her young, energetic, confident self when she gets Howdy Puppy CBD Dog Treats. There are many CBD-infused dog treats on the market, but the truth is that many of them are overpriced and ineffective. We've looked at dozens of CBD dog treats and found most of them disappointing. Howdy Puppy is among the best brands in the CBD pet business. They deliver consistent quality, and their treats look and taste amazing, according to our dogs, of course. The company makes CBD dog treats in three flavors, steak, bacon, and cheese rolls. All of Howdy Puppy CBD treats contain natural ingredients, including high-quality full-spectrum hemp oil, all sourced and made in the USA. Full disclosure, I'm an investor in Howdy Puppy. But before I put my name on the company, I had an independent lab in Denver, Colorado, verify the quality and consistency of their treats. They are truly as advertised. Go online today at howdypuppy.com, link will also be in the show notes, and use promo code TAMARA, T-A-M-A-R-A, that's me, to get 20% off the absolute best CBD dog treats on the market. You will not be disappointed. Howdypuppy.com, promo code TAMARA. Don't let them suffer needlessly. Let them enjoy life too. And on Tuesday, we had Mohan Ananda, who is in the technology space. And as you may recall from the interview, he's the past CEO of Stamps.com, which was totally revolutionary in his time. He was part of the team that brought GPS to the forefront, to the consumer, hello, and a bunch of other great things that he's up to. He's a collaborative tweaker. So collaborative is all about pulling disparate people and ideas and experiences together. It's all about kind of pulling the puzzle pieces to create the complete picture. And the tweaker is all about editing, evolving, adjusting. It's all about, you know, that great innovation is just one little tweak, one little adjustment away. That combination, so powerful, brings whole optimized innovation to the table. And in that interview, you hear it a lot because he's very, you can hear it. He's very good at kind of looking at the landscape, looking at it from all different perspectives. That's the collaborative side. And then figuring out how to optimize it and make it better. Here's what I took away from it. He told this great story with stamps.com about meeting with the USPS, the United States Postal Service. And the, and he wanted them, right, to let them do stamps.com. He needed really their approval to allow people to print stamps, which is like printing money at home. It's a huge, huge change, right? Something that the USPS had never done before. And what struck me about the conversation is he's sharing how he gets a meeting with them, but it's 4 p.m. on a Friday. 
And he's thinking to himself, really, 4 p.m. on a Friday? Who's going to show up? Are they even serious about this meeting? But he puts his best foot forward. He says, you know what? This is my meeting. This is what I got. So I'm going for it. Sure enough, every person that mattered ended up showing up at that meeting. And that meeting, which you would think, right, would end at 5 p.m. on a Friday, went until something like 7 o'clock at night. And they got the agreement they needed out of it. Now, it took time after that. But that set the stage for the relationship moving forward and for that business to succeed. Here's what struck me. And he's telling that story. I'm thinking to myself, wow, 4 p.m. on a Friday. I'd be like, why bother? I'll just put a couple slides together. I won't even bring the whole team. What's the point? Like, obviously, no one's going to show up to this meeting. And then I started to think after I got out this conversation, this interview, how many times have I self-sabotaged because I thought the person on the other side of the table wasn't as invested, so why bother? How many times have I not gotten the yes and then blamed it on, well, I got a 4 p.m. meeting on a Friday? You know, something similar to that. How many times have I not given it my all and blamed it on the fact that the circumstances weren't the best they could be? Probably more than I care to admit. And it was really, uh, it reaffirmed my commitment to myself to always take full advantage of the opportunity that I'm given, even if that opportunity seemed half-assed. Even if I'm not convinced that people on the other side of the table are there to meet me at the same level. And in fact, especially in those moments. And what a great reminder that, hey, you never know who's going to be at that meeting or who's going to say yes. So I'm really grateful for that conversation. I hope you'll go back and listen to it. And he shares a lot of great stories. But that story in particular really spoke to me because I really, it really made me realize, like, whoa, how many times... Have I made that mistake of not putting my best foot forward? And, and are there opportunities that I did not get because I just assumed, well, it's a 4 p.m. Friday meeting. Don't let that happen to you. I want you to think about that. I want you to think about how many times you've asked for that meeting or tried to have that conversation or you know, tried to present that idea and you thought, well, they're not really invested on the other side anyway, so I'm not going to put my best foot forward. And I hope that moving forward, you will reassess that thinking and think more like Mohan did and go for it every single time. Okay, next up, we have Emily Breeden, who was on Wednesday, who is a risk taker imaginative. Now, risk taker is all about leaping and innovating in the uncomfortable. In fact, risk takers tend to do better when they're uncomfortable, when they're under pressure. That's when they innovate best. They tend to be the ones who leap off the ledge when the rest of us are kind of holding back. And the ima- imaginative side is all about playing in the gaps in the gray space, creating novel and new ideas, being comfortable and even thriving in those areas where nothing yet exists. So that combination brings bold, novel innovation to the table. You hear that all through her interview. When you hear her story of going from Colorado to, Peru- to Ohio to Peru to Florida, you'll hear the risk taker and the imaginative in it. Here's the thing that really stood out for me with Emily's interview that was an amazing reminder to me to always trust my gut. And I hope it will be for you too. She talked about the little nudges, you know, the little voice that goes, that's not right for me. I probably shouldn't do that. And she talked about it, everything from like buying a shirt at the store to big life decisions. And it was really powerful to hear her talk about how those nudges, when she's listened to them, have really guided her in the right direction and how when she hasn't listened to them, 
it's come back to bite her in the end. She shares the whole story. And it got me thinking about the nudges. And I'm going to tell you, this week, I spent more time listening to my nudges than I ever have. Those little whispers in my head of, that's a good idea. That's probably not a good idea. You know what? There's something here tomorrow. Listen to this. You know what, tomorrow There's something not here. Don't listen to this. Make this decision. Don't make this decision. I think oftentimes our gut is trying to talk to us because it's pulling all this information that's inside of us together. And it's just happening so quickly that we're not able to process it. So we label it as this gut reaction that like, I don't know, is that trustworthy? Is there data behind it? But those little nudges, they know something. And Emily's story is a great example of that. So this week I paid very close attention and I'm going to tell you, those nudges, listening to those nudges of, that's a good idea tomorrow, go for it, or don't go for it, really paid off. So I want you to go back and listen to Emily's podcast and I want you to think about your nudges and maybe spend a little extra time this week actually paying attention to those nudges in a low risk way and see how it pays off for you. I think you'll find that it absolutely will. Last but not least up is Gardar Stephenson, who is the founder and president of Good Good, which is a food company. They make kind of keto jams and syrups and pancake mix. He's a futuristic instinctual. So the futuristic force of the trees, forward thinking, today's problems are tomorrow's opportunities. It's all about what can I do today that's going to impact and create long-term impact tomorrow. And instinctual, which is the circuitous thinking. So most of us think A to B to C to D. Instinctuals tend to be A to X over to Y, back to A, maybe over to 1, back to A, right? And because of that, they tend to connect dots in new and meaningful ways. Instinctuals are actually very good at listening to their gut. So that instinctual and that futuristic comes together to create forward, connective innovation. So Gardar said a few things that really spoke to me. One of them was in the very beginning, he was sharing a story about how the idea for good, good for these jams and all these products came from a combination of his love for picking berries and making jam at home and them having a whole vat, for lack of a better word, of almost expired sweetener. So here he is, he's got this big vat of almost expired sweetener from a previous product and he doesn't know what to do with it. And he's at home making these jams and it occurs to him, hold on, what if I blend the power of this all natural blueberry with this sweetener and create a low sugar jam option, a keto option basically, or a keto based option. And that was where the inspiration for good, good came from. Now here's why I love this story. Oftentimes we have resources right in front of us that we don't use. We don't use them because we don't apply a lens of innovation of how. So he's got this sweetener. It's about to expire. He could have just let it expire and then start over and do whatever he was doing. But instead, it occurs to him, hey, hold on, I can use this thing I've got over here, smash it with this thing over here and create a whole new product. And that was the basis of good, good. Where in your world do you have resources at your fingertips that if you thought a little bit differently about could create powerful breakthroughs, powerful innovation? You know, the idea for the Greyhound bus didn't come because the two brothers wanted to create a bus company. It came because they had a car dealership. They were selling hub cars, which have seven seats in them. Nobody was buying them, even though they were in a town that was all miners who were walking four miles to and from the mines. Nobody was buying them. And at one point they realized, as they were about to go bankrupt, hey, 
what if we rented out seats on these cars we have instead of trying to sell the cars? And that was the start of the Greyhound bus, thinking differently about what's right in front of you. That's why I love our definition, I think, of innovation over here at Law Street of thinking differently about what's right in front of you to create an advantage. We've got things right in front of us that if we used a little bit differently, could create powerful outcomes. So I want you to think about that this week. And in fact, one of the things that I did after hearing this is I thought, all right, you know what? I'm going to take a page out of Gardner's book. I'm going to write down all the resources that we have at Launch Street, everything from technology to people, all of it. And I looked at it and I said, hmm, here's how I'm using them now, but how could I use them a little bit differently? How, if I leverage these through a new lens, could I create bigger outcomes for myself and for the business. There's a few interesting things coming thanks to this conversation. So thanks for that, Gardar. And I would hope that you would do the same. Wherever you are in your organizational chart, look what's right in front of you and think, how could I use this a little bit differently? Are there untapped resources that haven't been used in forever that are going quote unquote archaic that you could actually pull back to do something with that would help you go further faster? Woo. Okay. What a great week of interviews. So just to sum it up, we had Gardner Stephenson from Good Good, who is an instinctual futuristic. We had Emily Breeden, who is in the upskill space, who is a risk taker imaginative. We had Mohan Ananda, who is in the technology space, who's a collaborative tweaker. And Maeve Webster, who's in the food service, who's a futuristic inquisitive. I hope you'll go back and listen to these. And I know I sound like a broken record on this, but go back and listen to them. But also make sure that you go listen to the ones that you've scrolled over before. Cause you think, I don't know about that one. I'm not sure about this one. You'd be amazed. Great innovation happens at the intersection of random. And Hey, guess what? You don't need to go out and find random people to intersect with. I'm bringing them to you. Just go listen to them and then leave us a great review. All right. Next up, we got a, a whole nother great week of everyday innovators. Can't wait. With that, Tamara out. Congratulations. By listening to this podcast, you took another step towards becoming an everyday innovator. To leap forward, visit www.gotolaunchstreet.com and take the Innovation Quotient Edge Assessment to discover your unique everyday innovator style and access the Everyday Innovator Digital Magazine for the top tools, insights, and inspiration at your fingertips 24-7. Tomorrow, we'll be back with another Everyday Innovator conversation soon. In the meantime, if you got a nugget of value out of this podcast, let Tamara know by leaving a five-star review and comment. Your review equals more guests, more listens, bigger impact. Until next time.